This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Welcome to In Focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson, and I'm here this week with uh, Ashley Washman and Bill Kroom of the Historic Tyler. And I want to say thank you both for coming in this week. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. I I know, Ashley, uh, John Sims meant a ton to you, and uh, he meant a ton to the community, and you wanted to address uh, what he meant to you. I'd love to give you that opportunity right now. Well, thank you. I I would be remiss if I didn't um, just acknowledge John Sims, not just the professional impact he had on Tyler, Texas, but just the personal impact he had, not on um, just me or historic Tyler, but just the community as a whole. Um, he will be greatly missed, and his legacy clearly is living on through the lives that he touched. Um, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and honor him with our time here and just, you know, take this time to mention him and what he meant to the community. An incredible story. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yankee. <laughs> from Pennsylvania. Uh, I think we talked before the show uh, opened. Uh, John was uh, 70 mm-hmm. uh, when he passed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 57 now, so I'm right. getting close enough to that mm-hmm. time in my life where I realized that if you're 70 plus and you live out of town from where you grew up, you're, mm-hmm. you, grew up right. you might not have a lot of family there. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I realized in John's passing is John had a huge family. Yeah. It was the community. Mm-hmm. That right. was his family. So John, we miss you. With that, let's proceed. Okay. Um, first off, Ashley, could you just paint a picture of what Historic Tyler does and is? Yes, I would love to. So our organization was founded in 1977, and we have been the voice of preservation since our founding when buildings are threatened with demolition, neglect, or inappropriate alterations. Historic Tyler intervenes. Our mission is three-pronged. We advocate for the preservation of um, building sites and structures, and we try to educate the community, and then we also raise funds for preservation projects here in town. Is there a place people can go to donate? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Our website is a great resource. Um, It's historictyler.org. And then we are active on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Historic Tyler. We're always... Historic... Instagram seems like <laughs> hey, we've got to keep up with the times and reach the, the people, right? That's right. a kind of a real time way to see what we're doing in and in and around the community. So it's fun. That's fantastic. And and Bill, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, um, Bill. Could you could you tell everybody you're on the committee? Correct. Yeah, I'm the board secretary. You're board secretary, right? The and I was a, a board member uh, before this year. Um, to go on with that, what Ashley was saying. Um, I'm a big history buff, everything, cars, motorcycles, music, um, architecture. We were talking the other day when we were interviewed uh, Friday that if there would had been an organization such as um, Historic Tyler post-World War II, there's a possibility that the beautiful 1910 courthouse would still be here. Don't get me started, please. Well, <laughs> my aunt, when I was a kid in the 60s, I can remember them sitting at the kitchen table with my mom, still talking about lamenting the fact that it was torn down. Um, also, the Citizens Bank um, might still be the Blackstone Hotel. Who knows? Plus, um, a little known structure was the police and fire station that was um, 
off Irwin, it was at one. It was considered by Guinness Book of World Records the tallest two-story building in the world. It actually was built in 1886 to store meat, and it was built with this, these high ceilings to keep it cool. Well, during the uh, early part of the century, the police and fire uh, department took it over. They were there for a long time. In 1955, it was torn down the same year that the 1910 courthouse was torn down. You know, I, I honestly, uh, sadly, I can't think of a better place to start uh, this interview than the courthouse. Right. So uh, the first time I saw the courthouse, the actual picture of the old beautiful mm-hmm. courthouse mm-hmm. was in a barbershop on Front Street. <laughs> Okay, they're, they're uh, old guy barbershop yeah. on Front Street. And I'd gone in, that's where I got my shoe shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd gone in and I'd seen the picture, which I, you know, I, I knew it was beautiful. I didn't know how beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know at the time, uh, at least I've heard that uh, Tyler was kind of trying to pattern itself after Dallas a little bit too much. So they built the Frank Lloyd Wright mm-hmm. uh, courthouse, you know, across the street and moved it. So that's all ancient history. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those, uh, Metro flighting in, they'll probably never know about it, and they're going to be blessed with a brand new courthouse, which should be, from what I see, more architecturally interesting than the, the one they have. Ashley, go ahead. I see you. Yeah. Okay. No, it is. I, I'm excited about the new courthouse project. I think it's needed in the community, but unfortunately, as a result of the new courthouse, the east side of the square is going to be demolished, mm-hmm. and that is their historic buildings. Now, th- that, and this is why I wanted to start there. So right. the, the buildings we're talking about are, are on the east side of the square, mm-hmm. um, and the, correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, uh, I, I always butcher her name, uh, Calanth, uh, Calanth, Callie. I call her Callie. Yes. Uh, Callie started uh, East Texas Street Team. Yes. Um, uh, during uh, the big freeze that we had. She's uh, a fantastic Callie, lady. Uh, owns the photography studio. Uh, looking at the east right. side that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the one of the corner two of the corners were burned down years ago. One's one corner. One's the empty. Northeast. It wasn't burned. There was the there is a burned out structure in the center of the strip. Okay. And it has a memorial. It was I think the Brookshire's Brookshire Grocery okay. or something. And then the New York store is actually empty. It's just a shell of a building. And that's what I was going to ask right. you. So these buildings that we want to preserve, you know, I think about Rick and all that he's done right. with that place and how beautiful it is. But the east side, if I'm not wrong, it at this point it it's pretty much a facade, isn't it? That's left. Well, there's two buildings that aren't a facade. I mean, that are actually operational. Operational. The Arcadia, in particular, has relics from when it was an operating movie theater. It's the Martin Walker Law Firm. It's they've done a fantastic job in reusing the space. Um, I think that's it. Historic preservation is just a complicated subject. And so to your point, yes, the buildings aren't in optimal condition. However, when they're gone, they're gone, right? And so Absolutely. I didn't mean that we shouldn't Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's just complicated and it takes a ton of capital to to save these buildings, to restore these buildings. But we're actually working with um, the county judge. He came to our board meeting and we're in discussions on how to document the east side of the square. With photography, there is a preservation architect, Mark Thacker, that we've used several times. And he goes in and he actually does like a forensic investigation of the property. And when he's finished, you have like a 200 page report 
documenting the materials, the floor plan, the history, who built it, who they were in the community. It's just a kind of like a last act of preservation for a building before it's lost. And so we're looking into how to save the history of the building since we can't save the actual structures themselves. Does that make sense? So historic Tyler is kind of walking a fine line because we advocate for the preservation of buildings. But in this case, we just see the need for a new courthouse. And it looks like that's what's going to happen is these these facades are going to be torn down. And, and that, and that, I guess I'm the same as you guys. Yeah. I should, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very torn. Mm-hmm. I certainly mm-hmm. appreciate the history. Right. I right. typically don't like it torn down right. uh, and redone, but I realize that progress needs to be made, and I realize that the current courthouse is a what construction mistake. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, you look at uh, downtown's beautiful, and, mm-hmm. and downtown is about to flourish more than it ever has. Oh, it already is. Correct. But uh, you know, and that's what I was counting on when mm-hmm. I moved. Um, and so uh, it, it, it's beautiful, and I think this new courthouse is going to fit the architecture more downtown mm-hmm. than the one that does now because it really does look out of place. But you're right. Once well. these buildings are gone. You can't you mm-hmm. can't redo anything. That's why the Mayfair building. I was so excited when they yes. started. Uh, Jimmy right. Horton is a friend yes. of mine. Right. Uh, we I got to know him through uh, the East Texas Crisis Center mm-hmm. car auto show, uh, and of course, you know, that's a building I didn't really get why you wanted to restore. Because you drive it by it, right? And it's right. not really captivating just on first glance of the structure, but the history behind mm-hmm. it and the, you know, I argued that the Mayfair building is one of the most historic significant buildings in town because to be considered historic it has the building has to be 50 years or older it has to retain physical characteristics from the time period of significance so when the building was in its heyday if you will and then it has to um, have significance or important be tied to an important place um, person or an event and so I argued that the Mayfair building is tied to national stars that played there it wasn't just local significance it's on a national scale and so i'm thrilled historic tyler has been involved with that project from the beginning we helped fund the 501c3 that jamie horton was in charge of friends of the mayfair and so we're actually working with the city just making sure that the project comes to fruition and that completion date is this summer oh that's awesome yeah there's a lot of memories with the mayfair like uh Ashley said, it may not look like a lot from the outside, but for instance, my mom and dad danced to the big bands in World War II. Thousands of soldiers came from Camp Fannin on buses, and they, they were led off there to fairgrounds to go into the, uh, um, the Mayfair, which at one time had beautiful windows in the front. It had a, like a red, you know, Hollywood like type Like an awning, awning that you'd, walk, that you'd, you'd pull carpet. up and you'd walk yeah. into the doors. But, you know, that's, that's what we've, we've heard. I've never seen a photograph of it during oh, World I. War II. But mom and dad used to talk about Jimmy Dorsey, Tommy Dorsey. Um, I don't think Glenn Miller. Miller ever came uh, he could have in the 50s you know Elvis Presley was there so there's a lot of history and and it and glad it, we're, we're glad it was never torn down for any reason it's taken a lot of work you I know mean, it seems like right. I think it was probably I'm gonna say six plus years ago I'm also a roofing contractor so Jimmy oh. asked me Jimmy asked me uh-huh. to go look at the roof yeah. of Mayfair building and I think that's been like more than six or has have they been trying almost yeah. 10 years to so in, this to go through yes yeah, so in 2015 is when we funded um, Friends of the Mayfair mm-hmm. and then I want to say it was 2019 oh, 2000, did you say 2000 
2002? No, 15. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so but then 2019, when the city announced the new convention center complex, they included the work that Friends of the Mayfair and Historic Tyler did. Um, the restoration plans into their new convention center plans. And so the city took it over. And so that was a huge that win for preservation. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And, yeah. and good on the people that take the first step to do this because there's so many things mm-hmm. wrecked out. Like I know that, uh, uh, well, the creek in front of my house uh, that runs the, through yeah. Victory Lane, uh-huh. that was an old WPA mm-hmm. uh, build. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all, most of those are done with that uh, it's iron ore. Right. I think the, mm-hmm. the, you know, it goes to, all through the Isaiah district, that creek. If you fall, you can't because you'll get arrested walking in people's yards. <laughs> right. But if you do, it goes all through. I have the to know if you district. tried. What's that? Have you tried? <laughs> well, I live there. Sometimes your dogs get off the right. things happen. I'm kidding. Sorry. But uh, it, it, it those those type of things. I mean, uh, I know it. Uh, mm-hmm. At one time, they they were uh, Tyler looked at just going over that creek, mm-hmm. covering it up, covering mm-hmm. it up, and. And uh, they asked some of the neighbors, and I said, please don't. I'm going to interject here really quickly. Like, that is one of the things I love about Tyler. Um, I think being the size that it is, you know people that are on your city council. You know people that you can go to if you hear that, you know, the creek in front of your house is going to be covered up and you disagree with that. And I feel like the city does a good job in listening to the citizens and listening to organizations like Historic Tyler. We work closely with the city on multiple projects, and I think that that just um, benefits and strengthens the community as a whole. You know, this brings me to a horrible topic. I'm sorry, but I, okay. I want to talk about it. It, it, it just kills me. Um, so in the past five years, we moved to this neighborhood because of the old growth trees. Mm-hmm. Okay? Oh, yes. So well, I've lived there 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my own estimation, this isn't a scientific uh, equation. I think we've lost more trees in the past right. five years mm-hmm. than we have in the mm-hmm. last 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my family lives in Denton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denton has a Make Denton Beautiful right. uh, program for the city. Uh-huh. And I called the city of Tyler a couple weeks ago. In, in, in Denton, they will come and plant a tree mm-hmm. once a year for you. Uh, it's a modest tree. It's mm-hmm. nothing crazy, but it's a shade tree. It's a mm-hmm. oak right. or some hardwood tree. They'll plant it free of charge mm-hmm. uh, and plant it correctly in your yard. And so the, these trees meant so much to the neighborhood. Well, it's defining character of the the historic districts. 100 foot, 100 year old trees. When I moved into my house, we had five. Mm -hmm. uh, My lot is almost an acre. We had five 100 foot trees. Mm -hmm. I have one left. Mm Uh, because of all the storms. The crazy right. weather. Right. Yeah. Do, do, have you guys thought about addressing that in any way? Well, actually I have. Um, I feel like, just to, a parallel, the model of a healthy nonprofit board is a third new members, a third members who have been involved in the organization for about five to seven years, and then a third veteran members. That way there's always continuity, and then there's always new life being breathed in the organization. And I honestly feel like that is a good model for the trees, because they are defining characteristics of these historic districts. You know, historic, Tyler, we, one of our main projects we funded over the years is the designation of these historic districts. And it is a very involved process. And the first step is we have an architectural historian survey and document the area, each home. And she documents the style of the home, the year of the home. And then also included in that, a lot of times are significant um, trees and landscape. And so it's interesting. 
because that really is part of what makes these districts what they are. Beautiful. And, yes. And uh, sometimes, and, and I always joke with people about my neighborhood. We have a. Uh, a doctor living next to somebody that inherited the house three generations mm-hmm. ago and never mm-hmm. painted it next to an engineer that, you know, just, it, I lived so down the street from you. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. I absolutely love I it. I do too. But one of the things is we have some people who may have inherited the homes or right. whatever, maybe mm-hmm. older now, mm-hmm. maybe on fixed income. Right. So when a tree comes down, it may cost $5,000 to remove a hundred foot tree. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times they're, uh, they're caught. Money wise, mm-hmm. so they're, they're, what they're going to do is they're going to have the tree topped out, so it's not mm-hmm. going to fall. Right. So we end up with these topped right. out trees right. in the neighborhood, and uh, it it just maybe I'm just you know partial to my neighborhood, right. but I don't like the way it looks, mm-hmm. and I don't have the money to go and cut down every tree that wasn't all the way cut down. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I, I was hoping maybe to, to make that, uh, I'm going to pledge to join Historic mm-hmm. Tyler after this. I've met you know I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. I, I know that uh, you guys are having a member drive right now. Well, so, it starts in August, starts actually, in August. yes. But okay. we're gearing up for it. And um, we take memberships all year long. Right. Just in August is a concentrated effort for membership. So you can join any time. The membership drive last year was very successful. And as I told you earlier, a lot of the people um, came back that were members before COVID. So it was a success. Yeah, so hopefully we'll do it again this year. Well, I just hope that you grow and grow. Well, speak to your, speaking to your point of uh, maintaining the neighborhoods, I foresee our main, um, I guess, hurdle or challenge in the upcoming years is the education aspect of our mission, educating all the new people coming into town and defining and um, for them why they love the historic areas and what makes the historic areas unique and how to preserve that and not alter them in a way where they're unrecognizable in 10 years. That's why I, I opened by asking about the, the Metro flighters mm-hmm. is because a lot of these people coming in, so it's not cheap to, to uh, restore a house, okay? Right. It, it's right. not, it, it's, it's probably less expensive to burn it down and start new, you know? Ooh, but it, don't say that. Well, no, but <laughs> my, my point is like, for my house, right. I was able to save the floors mm-hmm. and we found out that, you know, they don't make 16 foot right. planks anymore, mm-hmm. wood floors, mm-hmm. and saved as much as we could uh, save. But the, the new people moving in, they've got the money to restore these neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, I, I think there, there there's the older people that are interested, and then the, you know you live in the neighborhood, so there, there's mm-hmm. this unique kind of artsy fartsy guy and girl that that really like the neighborhood for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of us that are artsy aren't as well capitalized as mm-hmm. those coming in from uh, mm-hmm. town. But I would like to to find a way to to find inside the loop and inside historic Tyler because mm-hmm. I noticed when I when I looked at the the historic districts or whatever, even uh, uh, I guess uh, Green Acres and and that That's the area, Pollard area, the yeah. Pollard area, That's the newest is yeah. considered right mm-hmm. historic at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. Which, fifty years or older, which is crazy. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's such a different. You've got down. You've got. Uh, uh, the Zay District, Charnwood, which is honestly, I try to explain this to my 19-year-old all the time. In the in the 30s, we were a much more minimalistic so- 
society. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the house that I live in was built by a doctor in town. Uh, his son's a doctor. He dropped by one time to look at it before oh, the fire. I love that. And uh, it had built-ins, like super modest built-ins. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh-huh. And But they were built in right after the Depression. Mm-hmm. And he was talking, people would come for miles to look at these built-in cabinets. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and, and I just thought it was just so uh, amazing. But mm-hmm. now Pollard, if you look at the difference in the neighborhood, those are huge uh, yards mm-hmm. with, uh, I guess you'd say ranch well, style. Right. It was, I mean, outside of town. It was South Tyler when that neighborhood was developed, which is crazy to think about. They almost look like estates in some cases. And, they, and the hills make it so pretty. Mm-hmm. The, the, the elevation. It, it, and there's a high concentration of um, architect designed and built um post-war modern homes, which everyone refers to as mid-century modern homes. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of E. Davis Wilcox homes. That neighborhood in particular is interesting just for the development of the town. Each neighborhood, or district, pardon me, shows the the, pro- the progress of Tyler and how it unfolded, yeah. the progression, thank you, mm-hmm. Bill. And this neighborhood has architect-designed houses, which was unusual because at that time, suburbia, you know, tract homes were really prominent because more people, you know, affordable housing for more families, the baby boom, all of that. So, you know, the Pollard area is exciting and we're, um, it's on, you know, track to be finished and completed as a national district on July the third of this summer. So that's awesome, and yeah. I can't wait. So, how do we, how do we motivate the people that are buying these structures to go back the way? Because I, uh, it brings me to uh, mm-hmm. my friends uh, own a home that was built by a couple of lawyers in the fifties, I think. Mm-hmm. They've never done anything to it. Okay, it's not updated. It's right. got paint bathrooms. Yeah, all this. It's beautiful. Yeah. Right. It is beautiful. It's it's roaming. But if you if new buyers buy right. that house, well, they're just going to see the you know thirty two hundred square what, foot. What Ashley was right. talking about, about education is mm-hmm. hopefully it's it's not going to happen in Tyler. What it happened in Dallas, like the M streets with all the teardowns, with the McMansions going up, and the and the lady who'd lived in that house owned Mercedes that she'd been there fifty or sixty or seventy years that used to see the sunset, and now this two or three story structures next to her and she can't see that anymore. So the education is important and that's the reason uh, that historic Tyler is so important mm-hmm. to we this town. History. That's three, right. That's something I've just, it's an acquired taste. I think as you get older, you're mm-hmm. more concerned with history. I'm older. Well, and th- you know, I, it took me a while to, to really define why historic preservation is important, but specifically in Tyler, it's such a beautiful town. We have natural beauty, the people are incredibly kind and generous and benevolent. It's just a really special place. And I think that's part of why people are drawn to Tyler, but also um, Tyler is synonymous with historic preservation. So essentially historic Tyler as an organization, we're safeguarding the charm and the character that draws people to this town. And I don't think that progress and um, growth of the city and historic preservation have to be in conflict with each other. And I think they can go hand in hand. Well, I think we've passed the point. I think people moving in the last 30 years have just all gone south. Right. But at some point, you're so far south. Just tell me you live in Jacksonville. (laughs) Don't tell me you live in Tyler. You know, at some point. And of course, uh, 
that, that strip mall. Don't get me started on the strip mall in the urban sprawl down south. I, I call I that Europe. I'm like, that's so far from my house. I, I don't want to hurt anybody <laughs> in South Tyler's feelings, but it's yeah. just, it's not Tyler uh, any more than uh, Mesquite is old Dallas. It just, right. it, it's not that way. And uh, so, I, I, again, I'm really hoping that there's mm-hmm. a push because obviously as more people move in, you have more funds to work with, with mm-hmm. more people. Uh, and, and I think really at the end of the day, money is what controls everything. Hopefully, uh, hopefully mo- most of the people that move into Tyler move here because the uh, the charm and the and how historic it is. And they won't go on a on a tear down spree. They'll they'll just um, improve what they have, you know. Well, I mean does what is the oldest neighborhood? Is it Charnwood? Charnwood. It was their first district that's ever designated. Mm-hmm. What about north of Gentry? Those okay. neighborhoods where uh, Texas College and all that, were they not there before Charnwood? No, the, um, the oldest house, standing house in Tyler now, is located on Charnwood. It's the Rim Sauer house. Um, it has a metal fence out front. Mm-hmm. If you've walked the neighborhood, I'm sure you've seen it. But I've actually looked at the deeds of that house and it was deeded from Native American. Hmm. which is get out seriously and so actually this is the perfect segue and what bl- do you mean whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. deeded uh, deeded by native american you mean like a pioneer owned that home owned the land and then the, land. Then the pioneers the, the pioneers okay. built it was a very modest structure it was a dog trot house which is two rooms separated by an open air hallway and they built that structure as shelter from the elements and they were pioneers mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Hunt House on Charnwood, we just had the tour. The candlelight party there. Yeah, the candlelight party on that Friday night. The Hunt House was there during the during the Civil War. And uh, the house across the street, the uh, Butler House, was built in 1898. So that is a real historic neighborhood. And we were just... Yeah, right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right down the street from... Right. Just a minute, because I, there, mm-hmm. there's a... No, he was a young man. We, his grandfather on the house. But on Donnybrook... Just past Victory, as you're going up the hill, mm-hmm. there's a house, and I believe he said, and I want to make sure I use the term correctly, but back in the days there were uh, sharecroppers, mm-hmm. and supposedly one house was built, and the house next to it, mm-hmm. which is more modest, mm-hmm. was built for the sharecroppers. That's right. common. That's right. common. Yeah. So yeah. where did they work? Oh, out in the cotton fields, I'm but sure. Where, where east they, of, were they east of Tyler, I would east think. East of Tyler. Yeah, I would think. I that's a great question. I'm yeah, not because sure about the that. house. I mean, uh, that was probably on Charnwood, even in the Civil War, was considered kind of a silk stocking area, kind of like certain parts of Dallas, like on Swiss Avenue, mm-hmm. places like that. So I would think east of there would be like, it, yeah, that's where the uh, the fields were. I mean, know? according to the Charnwood survey, those lots were large. Mm-hmm. Originally, And then, you know, let's say business partners would right. parcel off their lot and sell right. to family and other business partners. And the interesting thing is a lot of the landowners that were selling lots were ladies, which back in that time, ladies weren't really involved in business. It was a, a man's world. And but they owned the real estate. They owned some real estate, right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I have all of that information at the office that I am... I'm constantly sending out to people who are interested. I'm happy to send it to you or if any listener wants that information. It's just a document that just describes, just email um, Historic Tyler. Right now the email's ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at historictyler.org. 
Okay. And then also Smith County Historical Society, they're our county's archives. They they document our county's history, whereas um, Tyler's more the hands and feet of preservation. Um, but the county archives also has copies of our surveys. There's a, a overview that they took of Tyler of the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Picture. My home is actually in it. It, uh-huh. it had a boat dock on Victory yes. Lake, oh, which wow. is dentist offices now. Right. But it was a little lake and had uh-huh. a boat office. It was like two acres on a hill, and you're right. The, the mm-hmm. plots of land were much larger, and they kind of divided mm-hmm. them over, over time. Um, our time here is is about to wrap up. Okay. Is there is there anything else that, that we, let's give the name again and, and, and uh, the, the option to join the board? Oh, just to join I mean, our membership. So our Historic Tyler's membership um, strengthens our voice for preservation. So there's not... Um, requirements for you to be a member. You just basically pay a membership fee. They're varying, you know, amounts from $50 all the way up to $1,000 with different amenities attached. But your membership to Historic Tyler just strengthens our voice for preservation and helps fund our preservation projects like the Pollard Farm or the Pollard Historic District right. that we're getting designated. Which you, without our history, we have no future. That's right. right. You know, and, and I, I think that uh, I, I just hope that people moving in and people living here for, for a long, long time mm-hmm. understand that if we don't save these things, mm-hmm. they're gone. Right. right. You know, you can't, you're just talking about what's under the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just applaud you guys. Thank you. For all thank that you. you do. Bill, thank you for your time so much. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for both of you. Ashley, this is uh, not the first time we've met. Uh, met several times, but yes. I, I hope that this episode will help people. Uh, again, if you would, just to end it, let's to, to join uh, Historic Tyler. Right. They need to go to historictyler.org. And then you can contact the office by emailing me or calling all that information's on the website and then you can follow us on social media we have a facebook and instagram page is at historic tyler and we throw out all of our newest latest projects and we'll highlight our membership drive and all of that through social media as well thank you with that we'll end this week's in focus thank you all for joining us for this week uh look for you to join us next week and uh thank you again to both of you for joining us in focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the Team Sports Radio. And we thank you for listening. Join us again next week.